Welcome to the Infinite Devotion Podcast. In this episode, Don and I discuss what it took for me to grow into being a dominant man. We get into what it takes to actually be dominant rather than just playing the role of dom, and some of what I didn't expect along the way. And Dawn shares her own perspective on what it was like for her to relate to me in the way I used to be versus how she relates to me in the way that I show up now. This podcast is also available on our Infinite Devotion YouTube channel, and you can find everything else we do to support Dom Sub Dynamics in healthy, loving relationships at infinitedevotion.com. Please take a moment to leave a review while you listen and enjoy the show. So today we are going to talk about what it was like and what it took for me to grow into being a dominant. And what I want to what I want to really show and share in this conversation is what it what it was like for me like what I had to change inside of me in order to show up as a dominant when I had been showing up as something else for our whole relationship and then from your perspective what did you witness in that in the old version of me shifting into who I had to become because I think one of the things that gets overlooked in dominant submissive relationships quite a bit is the amount of work it takes for the dominant to really be a healthy strong leader it's not as easy as it maybe is cracked up to be in guys' heads. Because it's not just about getting to boss your submissive around and tell her what to do all day. And it's not about just being able to be in charge so that none of the things that make me uncomfortable ever have to get looked at. I do think that's a big draw for some. I know it is. And... It's a temptation, too. I can see that. When you do have a lot of power and authority in a relationship, it's pretty easy and I think maybe even natural to want to use that to make your life as good as you can make it. And if you don't understand what it really takes to make your life as good as it can be, the unconsciousness will really kick in and you'll just use that power to like, shut your submissive down so she can't challenge you. So you don't have to face your discomfort with being challenged, for example. Yeah, I think that's uh, a natural um, just response for a man who's 
um, maybe emotionally unaware or ungrounded or just yeah. emotionally immature. Yeah, yeah. And that's really one of the th the first things that had to shift for me in being a dominant because it didn't work for me just to boss you around. That's not what I wanted and you've never been the type to just, as much as you like to follow, as soon as there were expectations for you to follow, like that didn't really go well. No, but I, I, I'd like to give a side note because before you were a natural leader and I saw that in you. Like you naturally would rise to the occasion and take charge and you did that in business and all of the other groups that you were in and like there was that natural I wouldn't have called it dominance back then but leadership um, with an with an ability to see what needed to be done and like I witnessed that in you in business the business setting yeah and I always did have a confidence that if in my own abilities in my own capability like if people go where I want to go things are going to work out just fine and that was displayed like it it shone through like people naturally would follow you not just me and so you have a you have a gift there and it is something that fucks with a guy's head when you move into dominance in a relationship because of how we perceive like every person's going to perceive what dominance is and what it means differently yes i didn't have any perception right you didn't really know what any of this was. Lucky for you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think that could go both ways. But one of the big risks or challenges in stepping into dominance as a, as a role in this marriage and in this relationship is if I'm trying to play the part of a dominant, like I'm trying to play that role, whatever I perceive that role to be is then going to influence how I show up versus that natural leadership and just bringing that into, into the relationship. If I think, well, I'm a dominant, therefore now I have to punish you every time that you don't do what I tell you to do. Right. And then I start doing that, but that's actually not authentic to me. I'm not the kind of leader, and I never have been the kind of leader who wants to lead with a stick to just beat my followers into submission, to beat the people <laughs> who step out of line. That's never how I've led anything in my life. Yeah, that wouldn't have worked for me. And that's one of the reasons that you stood up early in this dynamic and said that you didn't want punishments to be a part of it nope <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And that was actually a really good thing for me because it made me look at what does this actually mean to me? Because I always had this perception that, well, that's just what a dominant does. And you just nope that whole thing. Yeah, that was a that was that would have been a deal breaker for me. And still to this day, five years later, we don't like our dominant submissive dynamic has no we don't have punishments. We don't you don't get punished for misbehaving or not following something that I ask of you. Right. So this all really falls under the umbrella for me of stepping into the role of being a dominant, especially early on, was disconnecting my attachment to anything that I thought being a dominant was supposed to mean and showing up as a, just as a leader in this relationship. Yeah, and it's... I hear when you are talking about that, it's like you were either playing a role or it's a part of you. It's your characteristics mm -hmm. that are, I what I see, a natural part of you. Yeah, and this has grown into something that we teach now, is that dominance has to come from within. It can't be something that you do it has to be something that you are. Yeah. And the way that you show up in your relationship has to really be aligned with how you feel about yourself and like who I feel that I am inside has to come first. Like I have to sort my own shit out. I have to be dominant over my own weakness. I'm going to just take a, a side note and say from the submissive standpoint it's not a, I don't feel like it's a role that I play. I, I believe it's also a part of who I am. And we don't need to go down that path, but I just wanted to say like both sides of that. Yes, yeah. you can jump into role play, but if you like living this the way we do, it is who we are, how we relate and yeah and we'll do a whole episode about how yeah. this has been for you too one of the things that really had to shift for me was that inner strength because as much as i would as i was a leader in my life i was a leader in business i don't think there was a group that i was a part of that at some point i wasn't the chair of the board the president of the organization, I always ended up finding myself in those positions. But there was still a disconnection in me, like inside, where at certain points it didn't really feel real. Like I was doing it, I was doing the stuff, and I had the titles, and I had the you know, my name on all the signs and the doors and plaques and but it didn't always feel authentic to me. 
And that really showed up when I was tasked now with leading this relationship. Because what I noticed really quickly is any time that I got angry or upset or frustrated or down, it affected you too. Yeah. Because as you started to look to me to lead, to be the decision maker, to be the the one moving this relationship forward and our lives forward, not just the relationship, but our yeah. whole lives. When I would fall apart, one of two things would happen. Either you would fall apart or you would step right in and take over what was supposed to be my job now. Yeah. That doesn't do anyone well. And so that really had to, that's another thing that had to shift for me is I had to sort out why do I, why do I collapse? Why do I fall apart? Why can't I speak up and lead how I want to lead? When there are things that I want, places I want to take us, there are things I want for us to do, directions I want for us to go, at times, and even still to this day sometimes, it's tough for me to speak up and just say it. Or how about getting angry when things don't go your way? Angry or... Or I don't, I don't just follow immediately. I don't just submit immediately. Back then. Yeah, all of those. Like having the inner strength to be okay, regardless of how you are showing up or what your expression was. Like that was one of the things that really showed me how emotionally weak I really was. Start taking a couple of the layers off and looking at my own actions and how easy it was at some points to knock me off of my game just with a look from you. So what was it like for you, if you can remember this? I'm sure you can because it's not like it never happens even anymore. It still happens at times. But what's it like for you when you feel me collapse, fall out of like standing strong in leading? I remember back then, even like, it's hard to know early um, DS versus before, but looking back, like I would go into the fixer mode. I would go into trying to make you feel okay. Like, what do you need for me now? I'd feel bad for you. Mm -hmm. And without even realizing it back then, that would not um, make me want to fuck you. <laughs> no, just killed the sexual <laughs> yeah. desire. Yeah. But but as as a mom too, like I was in charge of myself and I was in charge of my kids and so like 
single momming before we were together and like I, th I think there's a natural part in a woman that we actually have to really own to not like be responsible for that so that that was that was a big challenge for me and this is another thing that had to shift in me is all of the places that I went looking for that where I wanted you to make me feel better yeah because there's something right because there is there's the nurturing heart of a of a woman that when when I have unhealed emotional stuff when I have things that I haven't sorted out inside myself and I'm looking to be soothed instead of to take responsibility and take ownership. There's no way that you're going to feel me in my strength if I'm like, I'm so sad and I want you to make me feel better. You become another person for me to take care of. So you become mm -hmm. like a child to me then Yeah. in those moments without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. And this gets at like well, two different things. One, for me to really step into not just being a dominant, but really feeling like I was a dominant force in my life. I had to let go of everywhere that I saw myself as a victim. Everywhere that I saw myself as, well, let's say it this way. Everywhere that I went looking for pity from other people, you especially, rather than standing up and taking ownership for my life. Like, I, did, I wouldn't have expected that being a dominant would require me to deal with so much stuff that had nothing to do with you and our relationship. It's a whole new level of take responsibility, take 100% responsibility for your life. Right. And let's be real, uh, emotional um, awareness is not a school subject. No. So, like, it takes something that makes us see and necessitates doing that work and sorting that stuff out, especially for men. Like, we have to be blasted open somehow yeah and so the other one the other thing is like living at cause in my life it's also on the theme of taking responsibility but we either live at cause or we live at effect in our lives like I'm either the cause of the effects or I'm affected by what something else is causing and of course we can't, like I can't control every single variable of everything in our lives all the time. No. But in every place that I can be, I need to be at cause. I need to be 
the responsible party. The one who's steering the ship rather than the one who's riding on it. Yeah, I kind of like the phrase, like, taking your life by the balls as a man. Yeah. You know, like, Not... David, like David Goggins says, can you find your balls? <laughs> Good. Now grab them. All right, mm-hmm. now go do it. Mm-hmm. And that when you really, when I really as a man looked at all of the ways that even though I was, I felt like a leader, you looked at me as a leader, I was perceived in my community as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the ways that I was living out of fact and like even in some of the ways that I would take on leadership roles sometimes was because I wanted other people to look at me and see me as a leader like I wanted the val- emotional validation of that I didn't do it because I wanted to make some positive impact on this organization or on this you know, in this group that asked me to be the chair of their board, I would do it because I wanted to be seen that way, because I was looking for a attaboy, sometimes from you. Like, I wanted you to think positively about me. But in that case, then I'm living out of fact. Like, I'm, I'm waiting for you to do something. Yeah, and it's also seeking validation for what you do versus even who you are. Another thing that really had to change for me in embracing dominance and coming into an authentic sense of dominance was, I mentioned this already a little bit before, but learning to speak up for what I want, even when it is uncomfortable, or even when I want, when what I want is going to conflict with what you want. I will say this again, thank goodness that you even spoke up for your desire of dominance and submission. Yeah, we wouldn't be living this life if if I hadn't. But there is a thing that I know that I did a lot. And that was to make my decisions based on what I thought would please you. So that I, so that I would then be able to experience you being happy with me. And do you have more to elaborate on that? How that went for you? I'm sure I could think of a lot of examples, but there was a real discomfort that I had with you not being pleased, with you not being happy. Because the fear in me is if you're not happy, then I'm not going to have a good day. Because I wouldn't feel okay unless you were okay. And, like, on a... This isn't really a side note, but this kind of thing, these belief systems go all the way back to our childhood. 
they're not just formed in our adult relationships. No, this they show is, up there. That yeah, that's exactly where they show up. So definitely the emotional work goes back to childhood. But this role of like trying to please your partner as a man really does end up putting her in charge. Yeah. And you didn't even realize it. It's one of the things over the, you know, now almost five years of this relationship between this dominance and submission side of our relationship that I've continually had to work on rooting out and getting like getting rid of in myself because it's a really really deep deep pattern for me and I know it has been for a lot of other men we've worked with too it's like How many different ways am I actually just trying to do what you want? But when I do that, like, you don't have anyone to follow. Right. Honestly, though, that, that is a natural response as a child in this world of, like, trying to navigate how to get the attention making sure everybody's okay, like, that it's, yeah, it's that common. And that's why it's so, it takes a while to really unravel all the ways that you're doing it. it takes time and patience and a, a lot of awareness. I think one of the things that One of the things that gets missed in this, and I know it did for me, was that when I try to please you and I put you in the role of having to know what you want so you can tell me what you want <laughs> so I can give you what you want so that you can give me what I want, there is so there are so many unspoken agreements in that yeah that it all fall back on my shoulders for abdicating the responsibility in the first place of saying we're going to do this or i want it like this and when i say unspoken agreements otherwise known as covert contracts. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about the concept where I'm going to do this and then you're going to do this for me. I expect you to do this for me. Yeah. Yep. But I don't tell you I expect you to do that for me. I'm right. just going to be upset if you don't. <laughs> oh, I lived that way. <laughs> we both did that to each other a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry too. One of the things we learned early in this dynamic was something called the hierarchy of needs and wants. Yeah, you brought that forth. Mm -hmm. And how that goes is your needs come first in this relationship. Mm -hmm. If 
you are going to surrender to me and I'm going to lead you. You're going to let go of what you're going to let go and basically come with me instead of going where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to put your needs before mine because I have to look out for you. That's the, like, that's the trade. It's the exchange, right? Mm-hmm. If you really need something and I really need something, but you are going to be my submissive and you're going to follow me in life, then I need to subject my needs to yours. because you've agreed not to just go do it yourself. But then in that is after your needs are met and my needs are met, then I get what I want before you get what you want. Yep. And that is, that is the crux of why it's so hard for somebody who is a pleaser, a man who's a pleaser, trying to step into the role of dominance, is they've played, and I had played that whole game backwards. Like, I'm going to give you everything you need and everything you want, hoping that you will then give me everything I need and everything I want. But I won't speak up for those things. Yeah, without telling me your needs, you're hoping that I'm just going to know them. Right. So... And give them to you for that matter. (laughs) Meet them. You know, it's something that I've come to call the vulnerability of dominance. Which is the the vulnerability of leading without knowing that someone's going to follow you. To speak up for what you want and where you want to go. It sounds like it should be easy. (laughs) From the outside. But when you have that little voice in your head saying over and over and over and over again, like, make her happy, make her happy, or she's not going to be happy with you. Yeah. It feels extremely vulnerable for a man to say, we're going to do this. Especially if you go, "Uh uh-huh, no, or "Uh uh-uh, no, we're not. Because all of our programming is like, oh shit, I upset her. Now, now everything is going to fall apart. Yeah, relationships are a different complication there. Because I know like men in the business world, plenty of them are in leadership positions where it probably feels a lot easier to just be like, all right, this is the decision that needs to be made. Yeah, that's way easier when, when love is involved. Yeah. Because love really does make us, it, it's wrapped up in everything that goes all the way back to our childhood and to our yeah, very earliest memories. Yeah, fear of losing what we love. So that for me is one of the, and maybe the biggest thing that I've had to learn and con- I continue to learn to this day is how to just speak up for what it is that I want and to be okay sometimes getting what I want even if you don't want it yeah and from my perspective like I've admired watching you evolve in that 
I didn't know what I was missing in you, but feeling that come forth has I don't know, it's like something in me has been hit and opened up. I guess like it's a penetration from you to me energetically. Um, but well, that... Let's talk a little more about that because as I do, as I have and still continue to grow into a stronger and stronger expression of my own authenticity which really means like learning who the fuck i really am mm -hmm. and then being okay being that even if it's not popular in the moment as i've grown more into that like what does that feel like to you to witness me being the way that I feel inside of myself, which is kind of bulletproof, in charge of my own life. I continue to feel more and more like I'm, like nothing really gets to me. In a way that's like upsets me. So what's it like for you to experience me being able to stand in that like in that kind of energy, even when shit's going haywire. So let me just go back to this whole covert contract thing first, because when you were showing up in that way, I felt something gross. Like I didn't know what I was feeling. I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't have the language of that, but it, it can it was a neediness. Right. And it was a turnoff but also I was unconsciously like in that role of trying to figure out what's going on here and what do you need because there was this knowing that you were you were trying to get something from me mm -hmm. and that was that would make my walls go up like oh hell no without even <laughs> realizing it again because I still loved you and I didn't know what was going on emotionally on my part and so having that um, experience with you and then seeing you evolve into something else of this strength and man who doesn't collapse, who doesn't come across as needy, like it was like, oh, fuck yes. Oh, happy day. Like. <laughs> Well, like, Ooh. I don't even have a lot of language to put to it. I'm telling you that it was a felt experience in my body. When of good. <laughs> like, I, like, I witnessed you, like, just being relaxed. Like, you, it helped you calm down yes. a lot of the nervous energy that you used to carry around. Yeah, absolutely. And it, um, it was easier to follow you because you came across as confident and sure. And, you know, I had all the other history and trust and love with you already, so it's not like that was just 
two months into our relationship. And I came across as confident and sure, but what's really important is I actually was confident and sure. That's what I'm saying. Like, I f it was different. Like, I, I witnessed you in this, what I thought was confident and sure before, but this was a whole different level. Right, because now, like, it became real. It was very, it is very real now. Where before it was an act that I put on. Yep. And I I'm, tried to paint over all of the insecurity that I felt inside. Yeah. And so what's interesting is you said something there that five years ago probably would have triggered the fuck out of me. Just in calling me weak. Yep. Because I couldn't admit that I was weak. I couldn't look at that in myself. And so if you happened to notice it and said anything about it or even hinted at it, like I would just fall apart. And like now we can talk about, it's one of the ways that I know that everything is so different for us is I can just hear you talk about even things that I've done in the past that have been very hurtful to you and they don't set me off. Yeah, that from my part, that was a really hard thing to even bring up anything that I wasn't happy about. Oh, cause because I punished you, were, you for that. Well, you, you were, I knew you were words of affirmation lover, right? Like words of affirmation just fill you up. And so I recognize that if I bring words that I would wrap up, like I would say them in as pretty fashion as I possibly could, but I knew that they were going to hurt or affect you because they would have affected me too, <laughs> like if someone said it to me. Um, it was hard. And so what I would do was shut down. Yeah, you just wouldn't speak up. And that I trained you not to by the way that I would punish exactly. you for speaking up. Exactly. And, and not not like punish, but like you emotionally it would be hard. You didn't take ownership for anything of what I wanted to bring. Not it initially. It took a little while of mm -hmm. like uncomfortable emotion, mm -hmm. emotional mess for probably days yeah. at a time. One of the things that this relationship helped me see was how important it was that I don't fall apart when you're looking to me to hold you up. Because if I fall apart, then so do you. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked before about, like, I have did a lot of EMDR therapy done a lot of meditation I've, I've done a lot of work to let go of the things I was carrying around with me that were affecting the way that I acted that were affecting me and how I showed up because I needed to But there really is something to, there's a sense of strength 
that I think men miss out on that I know I never really even knew was available. And that's the the sense of inner strength you have when you can't be triggered. When you can't be like, nothing will set me off now. It's very different than what you were saying just a minute ago. Like you can tell me anything and you don't even have to try to be nice about it. You're not going to piss me off. You're not going to make me angry. You're not going to make me fall apart. Not very often. And if you do, that's on me. It's not on you for like... Yeah, and and you own that now. I I've witnessed that. I completely own that. Because if... You can't follow me if you're worried about upsetting me. Right. What is, like, what would you even be following? Like, you're just stuck in trying to package yourself up and present yourself in a way that doesn't upset me. And for me, that is fucking exhausting. Right. It's no way to live for anybody. And you're, you're trying to morph yourself into something you're not. So, like, living authentically is... means all the way. Yeah. And if I want you to surrender to me fully, which, let's, let's be real, dominance and submission is about, I mean, for us, it's about how far can we go down the road of me leading and you following? Because every step we've gone has just gotten better. And at this point, it's like, let's, let's see how good this can get. Yeah, uh, looking back, it's like, why couldn't I do all of this at once? Because <laughs> <laughs> you had work to do and I had a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. It's It's been a lot of work on both of our parts, but it really does fall on it really does fall on the leader first. I think that's one of the biggest points that I've learned is for you for a woman who is naturally submissive, who's a follower, who wants to be taken care of. I can basically have what I want in this relationship yeah. if I can be strong enough to lead us into it, to speak up, to ask for it. I can have almost anything I want if I'm strong enough to make it happen. Right. And we get into these kind of relationships, like I said at the beginning of this, I knew if you followed me if you go where I want to go, I'm going to use all of that to make both of our lives better. But then every time that I tripped over my own two feet, we're not going anywhere. Right. There's one other thing that you've dramatically grown in, and that's 
impulsivity. Talk about that a little more. <laughs> well, I think there's <laughs> maybe some to talk about wh what you experienced in yourself first. Well, I <laughs> I had a tendency to be extremely extremely impulsive especially in certain areas of life the ariana grande song is coming to my head i want it i bought it <laughs> right and that's that was the biggest area it was like and I, this is a pattern i learned from my father like i have a new hobby <laughs> a new interest i'm going to go spend all of the money and buy all of the things to prepare me to pursue this hobby uh-huh that I'm going to get bored with in six months and then move on from yep, and start a new hobby. Yep, and I witnessed that in you over and over and over and other ways. There were lots and lots and lots of decisions I would make for the benefit of the moment without thinking it through. Exactly. How has that changed? How have you seen that change in me? Um, I don't really have a lot of words to put to it other than it's dramatically different. The way you can articulate even like what you've all considered, because let's be real, there's been a time where I needed like my sense of uncertainty and was seeking more safety. And so there was a time where you maybe over explained what all went into making this decision mm -hmm. um, for my soothing. <laughs> um, and so, but, but that, that showed me your like due diligence, your intellect your ability to slow down and think things through and figure them out and like actually make the decisions that are well thought out and for the best of us not the way you used to be in the moment by chaos like you're grounded in them now yeah so that's it's been almost an unforeseen benefit of all of the other work that I've done and all of the other growth that I've gone through yeah is when I see everything in our lives as my responsibility then it forces me to look at everything big picture yeah and I witnessed that in you and a big part of taking that level of responsibility has been that for me I also am taking responsibility for the ramifications of my decisions, for the downstream effects of the things that I do now in a way that I didn't before, because I would just do what I want now and I'll figure it out later. And that doesn't create a sense of safety in me. Right. You, you're, you then are witnessing a partner who is... Flying by the seat of his pants. Yeah, going with the flow and... not not thinking things through like really not being present with 
all of the effects of the decisions that I would make. It's a lack of taking full ownership. Right. And so the it's the responsibility thing that really led to getting that impulsivity under control because now if anything I'm a little I can even tend to be a little too measured sometimes I'll err on the side of wait and figure it out and double like just make sure which is necessary if I want you to be the one who's more in the impulsivity because that's really more the role of the of the feminine of the and in this case of the submissive to be in the energy of what can be and you can't be there if you don't know that I've got the big picture where I can let you play in the playground of life so I'm not going to get into too much of my side. Maybe we will just because of what you said, what you talk about. But that brings me to another thing about just self-discipline. You would admire my self-discipline. When I mm-hmm. said I was going to do something, I did it. And that was not something that I had available to me. And it, it put us in the opposite roles. Right. Well, and there's no place that played out more so than in my body and in fitness and in the way that I presented myself and the way that I looked physically. And there's nowhere that I was more insecure than that, too, because, I mean, God help you if you even mentioned how fat I was. (laughs) What I brought up fearing to express before, yeah, that was it. That was it. (laughs) Well, there's, there's nowhere that I was harsher on you for speaking what felt real to you well and um you put on weight from the time we got Mm -hmm. married and then you put on the weight right Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like i don't know it felt like a bait and switch in a way right yeah and i was 60 70 80 pounds heavier than i was when we got married uh, yeah, I don't know, but five or six years after we got married, yeah, I knew it. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't any happier with it than you were. But I lacked so much self-discipline. Yeah, I lacked the ability to do something about it. Like I just couldn't make myself. You'd start, and you'd stop. Yep. Over and over and over again. And you know, and that's thought, what I'd witness in you. And I thought it was about exercise, but it really was a discipline thing. Because exactly. that same, like that same thing, played out in plenty of other areas in my life. Because I've always been the type of person who has enough intelligence and capability and charisma that I can kind of wing my way through things if I need to. Like I can just figure it out and make shit work. But that doesn't work in things that require discipline where you have to show up you have to like not eat the french fries dude <laughs> yeah at least not every day and so that was like a big area that you i know you witnessed me lacking self-discipline 
Yeah, because it was a huge area of self-discipline for me. Right, and that was the flip side is how rigid you were with yourself, probably because of how non-rigid I was. You know, maybe somewhere down there is a covert contract. Like if I get myself in good enough shape, then maybe you will too. Possibly, but that was one thing where I wouldn't like what was happening, but then I would maybe try to bring it up and like it never went well, no. never went well. And I mean, I get it. And so, you know, in those situations, a lot of traditional advice would be well-meaning, but really not all that actually helpful because the answer is like the only answer was I had to develop a sense of inner strength and an ability to get myself to take action. I knew I was fat. Like it was no secret to me. The mental battle that I went through was wanting you to be sexier for one. Mm -hmm. But then you would also hear people say of like, love him as he is. Love him as he is. Like not specifically, but that's the idea. Like you're married, like love him as he, as he is. Right. And I was like, but I'm less physically attracted. And so that was like a big contradiction in me that created a lot of emotional turmoil. Yeah, and that like developing that ability to, to have discipline, to follow through on what I say that I'm going to do, to have integrity. Is I was going to bring that up next. Like that really is the the thing that allowed me to get in in shape and allowed me to become fit and to have a fit body and to feel confident in it. Not only in the body, but in my ability to know that I can affect my own life because I like now possess that sense of self discipline, mm -hmm. and that is dominance. Like that feels like authentic dominance because I feel very in control of my life where before I felt very out of control of my life. Yeah. And just a, that's a perfect example of why the, the caricature of the dominant being like just the one who bosses the woman around. Like, okay, great. But not until you get your own shit in line inside, buddy. Like she's not going to, maybe outside of a kink scene, a short term, like maybe a relationship that's only kink in the bedroom, it's only dom sub in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. That's one thing because you can just shut it off and then go about your life. Yeah, it's but the role play. If you want this as a part of the way that you live your life, you like the dominance has to be present in my being. And it has to be the way that I live my life in order for it to, for you to be able to soften into it and to follow me. And that's why, you know, one of the least popular things I've ever said on our Instagram account was that dominant men need to be fit, in shape, well-groomed, well-dressed. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever been flamed more 
but it's true not because it's about the looks even though it is it's about the inner discipline to care enough and to follow through and to be to actually be the man that you want to be instead of being a caricature of it or being a playing the role of it and just looking that way or acting that way really actually being it yeah like as i'm hearing you talk about that i'm like what came to my mind is taking weight loss advice from a fat doctor like that doesn't work <laughs> so, like, or never trust a skinny chef yeah, that, that's a little different. So yeah, that one also came to my mind, but that's just a saying like, I mean, but it's, it's somewhat true. Like if, if I received advice from someone and I'm sensing a lack of integrity and follow through in yourself, I can't take that advice. I can't take that leadership. I can't give you that um, dominant role over my life it's not going to feel safe for you to submit no to follow something that is just it's not real it's just a facade so like what i have to say is like where i where i'm at today very different place than i was when you asked me to be your submissive is no doubt proof of the man that you've become no doubt proof that you know what you're doing, <laughs> you know what you're talking about, and you've, you've led me here. So your ability to see what needs to be seen in me, like it, it shows me your connection to the consciousness of God, of truth, that you've tapped into on your own journey here. And so there's no better place to end this conversation than on integrity. It's a big one. Because it really does encompass everything. Mm -hmm. And for, for the masculine, and this is where we can't separate dominance and submission from polarity, from masculine-feminine dynamics, for the masculine integrity is a very different thing than integrity for the feminine we'll right. get into that another time but for me to live in integrity means that i am who i say that i am i do the things i say that i'll do i follow through on my promises i keep my commitments my word is solid that there is no difference between the man that I am here with you, the man that I am when people listen to this podcast, watch what I publish on the internet, when I coach people, when I show up in my family, and when I'm alone, in the dark, in the quiet, in, the, in my private moments when no one's watching. Am I exactly the same man? I know you are now. Very, very, very few people, I think, can really, 
truly say that they're exactly the same person all the way through their life. And it's one of the things that I am constantly on the lookout for as a sign of anything being out of line in my life. Any, anything that feels like I have a secret, anything that feels like I'm needing to be sneaky, is a sign that I'm out of integrity because I'm trying to hide something about myself. And I know that it doesn't matter even if I have a little secret that you don't know about. And this isn't about like keeping secrets necessarily, but if I'm not the same over here as I am with you, it's going to show up in how I interact with you, in how I look at you, in how I speak to you, in how I pay attention to you. You're going to feel that even if you don't know that it's there. It's going to show up and it's going to be obvious even if it has if it's completely unobvious what it is. But the only way that we know that is when I improve or when I go backwards. And something's just different with us. Yeah. And so, for my money, the thing, there's no bigger, no bigger piece of growth and no thing that I've done better and paid more attention to in this last four and a half years of growing into being your dominant than paying conscious and attention to my integrity and making it making it the highest priority in my own inner world thank you for that because you wouldn't be able to follow me in the way that you do i think it's a sliding scale like your ability to submit to surrender to follow is equal to the amount of integrity that I have in my inner world, that invisible integrity, just the felt sense of the man that I am. Absolutely it is. So those are some of the biggest things for me that have had to change as a man in order to really be authentically dominant. And again, if you went back to when dominance was this twinkle in my eye it was this fantasy that I had held in in my secret life and that out of integrity part of like quiet dark corner of my life that I had hidden my desire for this in fantasy world you don't think about the importance of your integrity you don't you aren't thinking about the the value of getting over all of the things that trigger you. You don't think about the importance of your self-discipline and your fitness and your appearance and your body. You don't think about your emotional health. But those are the things that actually make dominance real for me. And in how I see it in you, what makes submission possible for you. Absolutely. 
who enjoyed this conversation. Yes, thank you. <laughs>